The winter meetings came and went. The Astros did not make any waves like a Shohei Otani move. But will they go get anybody else outside of the organization for relief pitching help? We're going to discuss why they think they have what they need right here in their system now on this edition of Locked on Astros. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we update you joins for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You find me on X at Eric Talkstros. You find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can I find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse at X, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Stros 411 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. All right, guys. So thank you for making us your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube. Go and subscribe to us. Go and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify. Become what we call every day or somebody that listens to our podcast every day and go and become part of the Locked On Astros Nation. And if you haven't done this, that could be something that you make your New Year's resolution going into 2024 as the Astros go into 2024 with a new look bullpen. Bullpen. Today's episode is brought to you by Vandal. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And speaking of our team winning, Brett, uh, the Texans, they sure played themselves out of the playoffs, it looked like. <laughs> yeah, um, it is It is definitely a lot, a much more difficult task to make the playoffs. They probably almost have to win out. I'm not sure all the scenarios there, but it is just one of those things where um, it's just a bad game by the Texans. They couldn't get anything going offensively until the second half, but I like this team. I like C.J. Stroud. I love the coach. I love all three coaches in Houston. I think we've got Espada. We've got D'Amico. We've got Ume. Um, I mean, we've got a great coaching staff in Houston for all, all sports. Yes, um, they did check my physical, and they diagnosed me with OLD, otherwise known as old. So um, I did not make the roster. I'm back with the Astros full time. So thank you all for, um, you know, t- I tip my cat to the Angels staff. They were very thorough. Right. Um, but we just we just couldn't get anything done. But, you know, Eric, um, t- 2024 is the year of Forrest Whitley because really this is one of his probably last shots with this team. This team has not given up on him. And who knows, maybe their patience will pay off and Forrest Whitley will become a contributor to this bullpen in 2024. Well, I know Dana Brown definitely did not give give up on him. He actually uh, made a point to go to MLB and say, look, we want another year with this kid. Uh, He's out of options. Technically, he needs to become a minor league free agent. And he, uh, Dana Brown basically appealed to MLB and said, look, we want to give this kid another opportunity with the Astros. We don't want to lose the rights to him. And so MLB said because of the injuries he's had in past and all the suspensions he's had in past, pass we'll go ahead and give you that but in his career in the minors it doesn't look great 
Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's He has a 10 and 19 record. He has a 5.09 ERA. He has 366 strikeouts and 267 innings pitch. But that was as a starter. And he's had some good seasons. He's had some bad seasons. Most recently, it's been pretty bad. But if you look at what he's done, he did in 2019 in high A ball, he had a 216 ERA. You go back to 2018 and um, Arizona Fall League, he had a 242 ERA. So he's had some low ERAs going back in 2017. He's had some low ERAs. So maybe a move to the bullpen will be what um, what the what he needs. Um, so you, you you've always heard if a tree falls in the forest, will anybody hear it? Well, or does it make any noise? So I think that Forrest Whitley needs to go ahead and get out of the starter uh, mold and just go out there and throw heat. Just go out there and do what he could do for inning. And maybe he can replace somebody like Ryan Stanek. I'm not looking for him to replace somebody like Hector Neres. Uh, I don't think, I don't know if he'll be up to par to that, but what if, what if Brett, he does become that type of reliever? You know, he could, um, but you know, I believe the, the Dylan Coleman, um, you know, who he just signed from the Royals, I believe he is the Ryan Stanek kind of copy. And so I, I think he takes up that position right there. There's, there's no, we're not sure where, he is going to fit in here. You would hope that since he was a starter, that he would be a long relief guy. I don't know how stretched out he's going to be or how healthy he's going to be, how much stamina he's going to have. He is still in back up to 98. He, he could, he could bring that heat. Like you said, he could be an impact arm come in. I would love to see him get in a spot where he can throw two or three innings each time he goes in, in the bullpen because of how he throws. And if he can get his pitches working and if he can mix those pitches the breaking pitches of fastballs and get movement on his fastballs and miss bats with the high velocity, then then I think Forrest Whitley still has value at this club. I know a lot of people have written them off. I know a lot of people have said, you know, they always joke like, I've never heard of this guy. He's a unicorn. Does he exist? He exists. This guy has had a bumpy, rough road. But you know what? He has not given up. So for all the people that have given up on him, Forrest isn't hearing that. Forrest is here to make a statement because he didn't sign a contract out of high school to not make it to the big leagues. And right. I really think this year you're going to see a determination out of him. And I just hope that he stays out of the way of the injury bug, just because that would be the only thing I think that holds this kid back. Uh, Dylan Coleman in uh, 2022, he had a five and two record with the 2.78 ERA. He had 68 strikeouts and uh, how many innings? Uh, no, 68 innings he had were strikeouts. It's 71 innings. Uh, sorry, 71 strikeouts and 68 innings pitch. In 2021, he had a 1.42 ERA. Yes, last year he had 8.84 ERA in only 23 games. I don't know exactly what happened last year. I don't know if it was a, a fact that the Royals uh, were a bad team. But, uh, Brett, I don't know if you know this. The Royals are actually going to the World Series next year. You know why? Because Will Smith signed with them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, so if the pattern uh, follows the pattern. Sorry, it's, uh... the Royals ruined that pattern. <laughs> he would have to go to like the Dodgers. 
um, because everybody's picking now the Dodgers to go to the World Series or, or the Yankees because they have Juan Soto. Apparently, they're going to go to the World Series now. Um, well, don't you and, think somebody out there is betting on the Royals now because Will Smith's on the team? Because for the what past four years, it's come true or three years or something. So, yeah, exactly. So, well, I mean, I saw that, and the first thing I, I thought was, oh, crap, the Royals are going to go to the World Series and win it. No, sorry, Royals. <laughs> Wishful thinking. But, you know, I mean, look, I mean, gosh, the Royals have some talent. They've got some young talent. Bobby Witt Jr. is a fun player. They've, they've got right. some arms. I mean, but look, man, um, at the end of the day, Will Smith, though, can bring his three rings, and he can probably teach those kids something. So good for Will Smith. He continues to find a place. He is your classic MLB journeyman, and he's just gone and he's won where he's where he's been. And he, I think, it's called being at the right place at the right time. So at least uh, we know for sure that the Rangers are not going to win the World Series in 2024 now that Will Smith's not there. So we'll go ahead and talk some more about some internal candidates. And one guy came on on last year that really kind of. Shot uh, outshined a lot of people in the bullpen. A lot of people are like, "Why can't this guy in the bullpen?" I mean, be in the bullpen in the playoffs. And the reason why was he was added so late. So we'll talk about right. that in a second. That's right. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, if you ran the money line on the Texans today, well, sorry, it didn't go your way. But if you were a Jets fan and you ran the money line on the Jets and they made that and you and your team won that five dollar bet, you know what? You got one hundred fifty dollars back in. Bonus bets, that's right. So let me tell you about FanDuel. It is the NFL season, and we're talking about America's number one sportsbook. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right. If you've been thinking about joining, why are you waiting? Because, look, the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. The app is easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options as well, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get the NFL season kicking into the playoffs. That's right, FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And guys, why don't you check out Locked On Sports Today? It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of today with the local experts of Locked On, uh, like Locked On Astros, plus our national shows covering every league. It's the first 24-7 streaming channel out there that's covering all the sports, not just um, uh, everything, not just football, because today's football day. But uh, I'm sure over the weekend there was some Shohei Itani news. Uh, we did an episode over Itani, so maybe we made the uh, 24-7 streaming channel. That will be cool. But go ahead and check out Locked on Sports today, and maybe uh, you'll see us on there as well. All right, so Brett, um, uh, the guy I was kind of teasing before the break was Bennett Sosa. This is Bennett a guy Sousa? that, yeah, the guy that we uh, p- picked up before. The, I mean, uh, a little bit later, claimed off waivers, and uh, he was a guy that had a thirteen point fifty ERA um, from the Brewers and only two point two innings pitched last year. And so it was very small sample size with the Astros. Granted, it was a very small sample size as well. In 6.1 innings pitch, he had eight strikeouts with a zero ERA, but he showed some positive um, attributes of what um, we would be looking for as um, a reliever. What was so funny? Uh, you didn't see the comment? I was watching a documentary on the Antichrist, and I narrowed it down to either Locked on Rangers or Scott Boris. Okay. That's from Paige. That was just funny. <laughs> That's a good thank you, Paige, for the comic relief. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, but – 
when when he pitched this when this guy pitched last year during the season, I mean, he was really good. I mean, right. this guy I think Lefty is a good too. option. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think he competes. I think he I think he wins a position. And so when the when the Astros say that they're looking at internal candidates, it's not like they don't have anybody. I mean, we do have a we do have a decent core. Um, you know, our two back end guys, they did say that Presley and Abreu, they are their guys. You know, Kendall Graben, you're hoping um has a better year than he did. Bashinsky's a lefty, you know, Gage, Bennett, like you mentioned, you got Dubin, Ortega, Seth Martinez, and Ronel Blanco. Look, um, again, we will be interviewing um um Mr. Blanco here on the Locked on Astros podcast will be the first ever um, Spanish-speaking player, Dominican-born player, to be interviewed on any Locked on show that I'm aware of. So I'm looking forward to that. So we've got some guys that really can throw the ball well. And I think if they go out there and have good years, Montero, if he has another outlier year, he could have a better year. He could do the good year, bad year, good year, bad year kind of flip, and hopefully he flips it to right. a good year this year more consistently because he came on about three quarters of the way through the season. But I do like what we have. We don't have to go get a Soto or an Otani. And look, you can bookmark it. I, I don't think it's a guarantee that the Yankees or the Dodgers are in the World Series. There's a possibility that both those teams, there's a higher chance of them not making the World Series than making it. And so, um, Jack Brown, I disagree with you. Why are the Astros so poverty? They have a, the fourth highest payroll in baseball. They've been to seven straight ALCS. They've been to four World Series, and they've won two titles. If that's poverty, then define what the Yankees, what the Dodgers, and what these other clubs are. The Mets, you know, the Rangers are one of the few teams that went out and spent their tails off and won a ring within two years. The Rangers did what the Dodgers, what the Yankees, what the Mets, what the Cubs, what the Mariners, what the Blue Jays, what all these teams couldn't do. The Astros right. have done what none of those teams, including the Rangers, have done. Nobody else has done what we've done. So if this this is not poverty, this is called smart baseball. And yes, it doesn't look sexy in the free agent market. It doesn't make headlines on MLB Network. But I would rather be a Houston Astro. I would rather be a Houston Astro podcaster than any other team because of the level of success that we've seen. And to me, there is no comparison. We are the standard right now. All right, so Brandon Belak, we talked about it before, he is out of options. So if he doesn't make the open, opening day roster, the Astros will have to um, DFA him or uh, trade him or something. So uh, he is out of options. So that's something the Astros do have to take in consideration. So a, a, a strong spring training is very important for Brandon Belak. He's somebody that can uh, be a starter for you. He's somebody that can be a long reliever. Uh, we've seen him uh, do well. He had a 3.83 ERA in uh, 2023. So uh, he may take one of those bullpen spots as a long reliever. But don't forget, you have a lot of people in that Astros rotation. I know we're not like we don't, we're not super excited about everybody in that rotation, but there are some arms there. JP France may not even be in the rotation. I think it'll be super silly if he's not, but uh, somebody like Jose Arquiti may get the um, starting gig over JP France. So it, it all depends on spring training. And so uh, the bullpen, who's in the bullpen, is really going to depend on what type of spring these guys have. And that's not even talking about Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers, 
once they come back, maybe late June or mid-June, whenever they come back. So the Astros do have a, a lot of depth in their starting pitching, but waiting for that, some of that depth is going to be a long time. Yeah, it will be. Um, we we won't see. Um, I mean, you know, Spencer Arigetti, you, You're definitely, I think, going to see him. Yeah. Because two of your guys you're going to depend on aren't going to be here till July, and there's there's no guarantee that Lance McCullers is going to actually start a full game in 2024. I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I mean, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Um, Luis Garcia. You know, both these guys had to be stretched out. Um, they'll come back in July. Does that mean they're ready to throw a baseball in July? Well, if that is, then they're going to have to be in the minors at least a few weeks, and so they won't be here till really August. And right. that may be a good thing for someone like Lance McCullers because a healthy Lance McCullers, McCullers throwing in the playoffs that is healthy and doing his thing, if he can figure things out and stay injury-free, then this guy can really do some damage, and we've seen it. We we need 2017, 2018 Lance McCullers. We don't need what we've seen the last few years. And so um, it's about being patient. It's about trusting the process, believing in the coaches and the organization, preparing these guys to go out on the field. And come trade deadline, Eric, if we're in a dead heat for the division and we're leading only by a few games and we need to make a trade, I promise you, we'll probably trade somebody. We'll probably go out and get another arm. So I don't think the Astros are just going to stand pat. If they see a move they can make, I think they make it. And it's okay for them to be over the luxury tax threshold to start the season. What matters is that they, um, they if let's say they decide, no, they don't decide. Let's just say that they end up with a losing record at the end of the year. The way that they can... Um, kind of just I mean get underneath the luxury tax threshold is do something like the angels did by dump a whole bunch of salary right before the deadline or you can make some trades at the trade deadline if the astros are just not good this year but so uh just because they're just a little bit over the luxury tax threshold as of right now we don't know the exact number we will not know until all the arbitration hearings are uh, done and all the raises are given to the pre-arb guys so uh we just know that uh right now they are probably either at the luxury tax threshold or slightly above it. And one other player that only has one option remaining, that's Sean Dubin. So Sean Dubin is another guy that once he comes up, uh, that's going to be, uh, he's going to run out. So, of I mean, their estimated payroll right now, according to fan graphs is 222 million. Right. So well, I don't know what the threshold number is off the top of my head, but if but it's too, that, if it's there's other stuff that goes in consideration. So right. So well, I'm pretty sure the signings that we've done. I mean, with what we have now, I'm pretty sure we're over it. Um, especially mm -hmm. with Carantini, um, unless they like you. I mean, there was speculation. Of course, it was it was very very minor speculation about Presley. They're they're not going to, they're clearly not dealing Presley, but it would take a salary like that to come off the books for them to really have an effect or a change on that. Um, but, you know, hey, let's get into this. So, Shohei Otani signing Eric, I don't think his signing affects the market as much as I initially thought it would um, because there's no other player that does what Shohei Otani does when he's 100% healthy. No one in this league is a two-way player. He's literally the only one. Right. And I don't think, like, I, at first it's like, oh, my gosh, it's it, it's going to price Bregman and Tucker out. 
I don't think it does because Bregman and Tucker can't sell the same product that Shohei Tani sells. They don't bring a Japanese market, um, an Asian market. They don't bring a global market like a Shohei Otani. Nobody in the game of baseball has that kind of reach. And Otani's $700 million is going to return the Dodgers billions. They're going to benefit from this for a long, long time. It's a Tiger Woods type effect on the team. And so I don't think it affects the market as much as I initially thought it would. I I think I remember you were you were a little bit less like you didn't think it was going to affect it as much, but I was like real like yeah this is going to affect everything. And the more I thought about it, no, this is an Otani signing. This is not a other players are not getting this kind of money. Well, I don't think that the Otani signing is really going to affect other salaries or other players. I think it's really going to teams were waiting. The Cubs were waiting. Uh, you had the other teams, the Blue Jays, they were waiting um, to some, uh, I mean, the Mets never a place to offer apparently, but they were waiting. I'm sure the Met, the Yankees might've put offer, but teams were waiting to see if Shohei Itani would come to them. I mean, heck the angels probably thought they had a shot. I mean, they just now, uh, I think of as of yesterday after the announcement, and they took that mur- mural down of Shohei Itani. And so it was just right after the signing, they're like, okay, yeah, bye, Shohei. And then uh, Angels fans were burning jerseys. Like one of them had a price that, like the little price, the little um, label on it already, like they just purchased it. And why go buy a jersey just to burn it? That's just so. That, yeah, that like fans that burn jerseys. That's that's a symptom of a bigger problem. I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist, but those people clearly have issues beyond baseball fandom. They're just letting out their weird what's going on in their brain out on it. Like that makes no sense. And I don't care what a player does or says, even if it was something that Shoyotani did and he was blackballed and he wasn't playing baseball because of something horrendous. It does nobody any good to burn a jersey. And they were they had like memorial set up. Like number one, Otani didn't die. Number two, Otani's not a traitor. Um, you know, blame Artie Moreno. Not necessarily, I don't blame Artie Moreno for not giving him 700 million. I blame Artie Moreno and my, my friend Tim here on um on Twitter said this today or X, whatever. He said, he said, Don't blame oh, don't blame Otani, blame Artie Moreno for not developing his minor league system for not putting a team on the field that could win that owner. It's not his, it is his fault that Otani's not there because if they had a system, if they had a viable team, if they had a competitive team, I bet you he might've taken a little less than 700 million to stay with the angels. If they were winning, going to the playoffs, you know, they just missed the world series by a game or something like that. But that ownership there is the definition of that we really don't care. And and that's why when people say that Jim Crane is poverty or Jim Crane is cheap, I'm like, we're not the Angels. We're not the Yankees. Hello, we're not the Dodgers. We don't win 100-plus games and and get bolted in the ALDS. And I'm telling you, the Dodgers don't win the World Series, which I don't think they will. It's a failure. If the Dodgers don't win a ring in the next three years, it's a failure. The Yankees so far have not won a World Series of Garrett Cole. So far, they failed. They have Juan Soto and Garrett Cole. I still don't think they make it. They don't have any pitching around Cole. Right. 
So speaking of being cheap, um, this is not necessarily being cheap, but being uh, frugal or being smart. And Dana Brown said, sometimes you have to buy low on relievers. I learned my lesson when I was in Atlanta, when we got Tyler Matzek out of independent ball. He was outstanding. Sometimes these relievers, they take a step back and they work their tails off to come back. Glad to see that Coleman is already working hard to come back. Sometimes we try to, to take a look at maybe some guys who could have a bounce back year. And he was right there at the top of the list. So what the Astros saw with Coleman is they saw somebody that had some options. Uh, he's also had some big leagues experience and success. And so they figured they can kind of use this. And so I think what you're seeing is a mixture of what James click brought in kind of that, um, uh, under that where you don't have to go, go out and get a star. You can kind of bring in a, um, like Ryan Stanek wasn't necessarily a star, but he came over, did a good job for Houston Astros. Yeah. So maybe Coleman can be that type of guy. Also bringing in some of that, uh, Braves, uh, thinking where like, let's go ahead and try to find somebody who we can develop because the Astros, somebody mentioned in chat, the Astros do develop good pitchers. Uh, yeah. They last did. year was kind of a weird year with the pitching wise, especially at home. Things didn't really go their way, but um, I think that the Astros will put 2024 behind them. I think the offense is already going to be better. Uh, you got the backup oh, yeah. catcher you need. Yiner Diaz is going to be the everyday guy. I think that the Astros offense is going to be good. It's just um, who, which Frommer Valdez is going to be there and what's the rest of the rotation going to look like. And uh, you're going to have a full year of Justin Verlander and hopefully he's the, uh, Justin Verlander, we, we know and love. Exactly. You know, and we're also, we are also um, projected to what win 90 or 94 games by um, fan graphs. I couldn't find the projection I've been looking for at the whole show. Is Most it, places is it have a, still that top team, uh, despite the show, a tiny signing. So. Well, yeah, well, 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 they have some top team in the, in the AL. I, right. I, I think they have the Dodgers right above us. But in the AL, we are the top team. Right. Um, the Yankees are still below us. Again, they don't have enough pitching. Um, and it's just at the at the end of the day, you you have to continue to trust the process. What what cracks me up is when this team wins a World Series, we praise the team, we tell everything that's right, all that stuff. But then when we don't win, oh well, I knew it because this this and this didn't happen. Oh well, now that things change. It's it's like some people you you can never have you can never have enough you can never be good enough but I wouldn't change this run that we're on for anything I mean this has been a magnificent run and I don't think the run is over um, y'all have got to remember that baseball isn't always one in the off season um, I, I I think the Rangers matured a little bit faster than I thought they would and I think it all has to do with Bruce Bochy. I don't think it has anything to, not, not anything. I think, I think the biggest part of their winning was their coach. Because when he said after the world series that when I came in, they said they didn't believe they could win. He changed that mindset. I think Joe Espada coming in a new coach, a head coach that is young, that has life, that works with the players that understands, has seen the grind learned and respected his superior in Dusty Baker is going to take the bull by the horns and you're going to see a manager that's really going to be 
like sink his teeth into this team's game plan and how they go forward. But look, people are still going to gripe and complain. He's going to have a lineup that someone doesn't like. Just build a bridge and get over it. It's 162 games. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, and I'm here for it. I'm here for the marathon. I think 2024, like you said, Eric, the offense is going to be better. I think our pitching is going to perform better. I'm going to bet that the Astros offense is better at home this year. And if we're just a little bit better, I mean, just a little bit better than last year at home, we'll be a lot better, you know? I can look in my crystal ball right now and already see that people are going to be complaining all year about Jake Myers being in the lineup when he can easily <laughs> be the Astros uh, center fielder that we've been looking for. We got to give the kid a chance. So I know that. Uh, I don't know. Not- I'm already, I, I'm, I'm already complaining about that. I, I, I think, I think Chaz has earned it. I think it should be Chaz has earned it. If Jake wants a spot, he's going to have to earn it in spring training. But that's Aaron judge, would- it's going to be a center fielder now. So do you really oh, want him in center field? <laughs> well, who, who, do, Do you want Chaz McCormick in center field? Because he won't uh, – that Aaron Judge playing center field now is going to up the competition in center field. So Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> Aaron Judge being in center field is actually kind of tricky because it makes him more susceptible to injury and going after balls and diving for stuff. Yeah. So I don't think that's a good move on the Yankees' part. But you know what? I'm not Steinbrenner and I'm not the Yankees. But I, I really think, Eric, we're going to see some good things this year. I'm yeah. excited about 2024. I am too. And we're excited for that. You make us your daily listen. Go ahead and check yeah. us out on YouTube. Go and, um, uh, go and subscribe to us. Make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Go and check out the Locked on Astros podcast all off season long. We're going to talk about any rumor, any trade that potentially can happen, any extension. Uh, hopefully Santa Claus brings us an Altuve extension, a Bregman extension, a Tucker extension, a Valdez extension. Maybe we can get greedy and get them all. So uh, that's what we'll be talking about all off season on the Locked on Astros podcast. I am Eric Heisman. He is Brett Chancy, and we are the Locked on Astros podcast. And Brett? Go Strohs. All right, we'll see you tomorrow on Ghosters. You had to say it last. Yes. What's so wrong you, I know, but you asked me to say it, and then you say it. It's just not supposed to work like that. Oh, well. All right, see you tomorrow, guys. Good show.